It is episode 68 of The Night Shift. My name is Mike Stubbs, along with Kyle Grimard. You can find us on socials at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980. And we are here to talk all things Knights. We are here this week to preview the Midwest Division. We're going to talk about rookie camps. We're going to hear from Ryan Winterton, who has been around London before he heads off to training camp with the Seattle Kraken. Isaiah George has some big news. We had some sad news this week in the London Knights family because the man at the top of that family, Dick Hunter, passed away at the age of 87. And Dick is somebody who embodies all of the values that you would want to impart to anyone. And it's one of the reasons why his children have been as successful as they are. People wonder about the success of the London Knights all the time. And it's very easy to say work ethic and family values. We don't tend to go to the root of that work ethic and those family values. And those come from Dick Hunter. And Kyle, I can remember 2012, we were in Shawinigan, Quebec, and the London Knights had been playing in the Memorial Cup. It had been unseasonably hot, and the Knights made it all the way to the Memorial Cup final. They went to overtime against the hometown Shawinigan Cataract, and the Cataracts ended up winning the game 2-1 in overtime. And the mixing zone where players meet with their families and their siblings and their friends and other relatives was just outside in a tented area. And that tented area had a steel fence around it. And this was tough. These guys who are anywhere between the ages of 16, 17, all the way to 2021, we're talking about young people, had gotten so close and had ended up losing. And so it it was it was a difficult mood it was pretty somber a lot of players talking with their family a lot of hugs and dick hunter was leaning against the metal fence and so i walked over to talk with him he just seemed to be in reflection and dick said you know i used to take these losses really hard he said and then i lost my wife and that's when you realize what matters Things like this will come and go. It's the people in your life who make the difference. And he was someone who just had that wisdom to to make situations not necessarily better, because you couldn't make that situation better, but to make them bearable. This is what it is. We're going to face this challenge head on. We're going to get through it. And that was something else that Dick has imparted to all of his children. All have been very, very successful. And, and Dick... Dick is just one of a kind. If you were lucky enough to hear him tell a story, uh, well, he uh, he could usually make you laugh. He could talk about things that you sometimes wouldn't even believe would be possible from the hockey world. And if you were lucky enough to hear two stories, guaranteed, you never heard the same story twice. So Dick Hunter, the patriarch of the Hunter family, will always be one of the absolute best. Fantastic uh, stuff. And and yeah, you're you're 100 right about having those type of people in certain situations where just their presence kind of puts you a little bit more at ease. And I never had the opportunity to meet or speak with him. But from everything I've heard between yourself, between his peers, his family members, I heard nothing but glowing things about him. And I think that goes to show the type of person he was. 
He did things the right way, no matter what it was. He did it the right way. And there was never a question, no matter how difficult it might be, there's a right way to do things. There's a right way to treat people. And that is what he did. And you can't ask for anything more from somebody than that. Kyle, we will have Knights hockey back in a week when the Knights take on the Erie Otters in their final two preseason games. They will play the Erie Otters in St. Thomas on September the 21st, a Thursday night, and that will be at the Joe Thornton Community Center, and then they meet the Otters at Budweiser Gardens on September 22nd, the very next night, and then they prepare for the start of the regular season, and we are going to have a Midwest Division preview. We'll preview the other four teams in the Midwest Division, talking with somebody from each of those markets, and the Erie Otters are a club that has really tried to get back to close to where they were. Now, where they were was rare air. Where they were was a place that you don't get to very often. They put up back-to-back-to-back-to-back 50-win seasons. Remember, you only play 68 games in the Ontario Hockey League. And that went from 2013 to 2017. There were guys like Connor McDavid and Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strome. This year's Otters team should have no trouble winning 30 games, and that's something that they have struggled to do. They've yet to win 30 games even once in a season since those four straight 50-win seasons. But I think we're going to start to see something happening. Matthew Schaefer, wow, he was selected first overall in 2023 in the preseason. He has come as advertised. He's been tremendous. And then you've got Kerry Terrance, and you've got Pano Fimis, and you've got Martin Misiak and Andre Molnar. There are some there are some difficult guys to defend on the Erie Otter side. So there should be a better year for the Erie Otters. And you'll be able to see a lot of those players because this is their last run through before we see the start of the regular season. So that's coming up next week. We'll preview the Erie Otters a little later on in the show. But, Kyle, one thing that we have to do is extend a big old congratulations to London Knights defenseman Isaiah George. Oh, so exciting. Of course, drafted by the New York Islanders a couple of years back, and he officially signs his entry level contract with the organization, a three year uh, player minimum contract for your first pro contract in the NHL. And, you know, this is a guy that we've talked about for a while when back when they were he was selected by the New York Islanders, that he is a very, very smooth skater. He has great vision awareness and he we've talked about it in between games where his ability to adapt, to learn and to grow as a player doesn't happen on a year to year basis. Doesn't happen on a month to month basis. We've seen it happen, Mike, as early as a shift to shift basis where a mistake happens or a lapse happens in his game. He goes to the bench, talks to the coaches, and you see that error almost immediately corrected by him and moving forward doesn't make that error again. And he's a player who's a very high IQ in terms of hockey sense and his athletic ability is off the charts in general. And I think we're going to expect a really big out of a year out of him for the London Knights organization. And I think this is a great, I mean, congratulations to him. I think it's also a smart move by the Islanders. Absolutely. And the Islanders, one of the few teams that don't have rookie tournaments. So Isaiah George will just be right into training camp. Anybody who is signed has been invited to training camp. And well, that's now him. And then if we look at the other rookie camps, Easton Cowan and the Toronto Maple Leafs are taking on Detroit and Columbus featuring Adam Fantilli and the Dallas Stars. That started on September the 14th. 
And Jackson Edward is at the Prospects Challenge in Buffalo with the Boston Bruins. Big list of teams there. The Sabres, the Canadians, the Senators, the Devils, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Casper Hultonen is in Las Vegas for the next little bit with the San Jose Sharks. They're playing Anaheim and Arizona, Colorado, L.A., and Vegas. And then Zach Bowen and Jacob Julian will go head-to-head at the Young Stars Tournament in Penticton, B.C., where you've got Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. And then it's Oliver Bonk and Denver Barkey of the Philadelphia Flyers up against Max McHugh of the New York Rangers in just straight head-to-head games. The Rangers and Flyers are just pairing... The Rangers and Flyers are just playing a pair of rookie games, September 15th and 16th, and then they'll see who they want to have come through to main camp. So that's the big news for the NHL. A lot of guys waiting to begin in training camps. And Ryan Winterton happened to be at Budweiser Gardens this week. Ryan Winterton, after he went through the run with the London Knights, ended up going to the Calder Cup playoffs in the American Hockey League where the Seattle Kraken, how good are the Kraken going to be? The Seattle Kraken went all the way to Game 7, ended up losing Game 7 to the Hershey Bears, but they made it all the way to Game 7. Ryan Winterton wasn't playing games, but he was practicing with the team. And the other thing he was doing was living in Coachella Valley. So as we sat down to talk with Ryan Winterton, we had to ask him what living in Coachella Valley is like. I got called up there at the end of our year. Uh, it was unreal. Just the, the heat. It's kind of like a mini vacation. For us black guys, black ace, and it was like a vacation. Um, you don't play games. You're just kind of bag skating, working out. And then you get to go play free rounds of golf. So it was uh, actually unreal to be a part of. And can you picture that a little bit more? I mean, Seattle, Coachella Valley, both all right. One against a little more rain, I guess. Yeah, yeah. both are all right. So I'm lucky to be where I am. Um, just looking forward to heading out there Saturday. What was it like working out with pros in Coachella Valley last year? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you kind of get a glimpse of that at the camps, like Seattle camp and everything. But uh, to be a part of that run with them, as well as our run here, uh, it was pretty cool. And just see how they kind of take take their days on game days and, and you know how they perform and um, you know, operate on game days is pretty cool. Is it much different? Uh, it's yeah, it's a little different. I mean, everyone's got families and kids, so yeah, they don't really. I mean, they're not. They'll go out for dinner or lunch, but. Then they got to get back to their family. So it's a little bit different than here where you can kind of hang out all day um, and then go to school in the morning. But, yeah, it's it's different, but it's uh, it's nice as well. All the way to game seven last year. That's, that's a tough one. But it, what does that show you about the kind of players that the Kraken have, you included, moving forward? Yeah, it was, it was unreal to be a part of. Um, I, we were up 2 nothing in that series, so, I mean, it could have easily been ours. Um, just kind of things didn't happen. Um, kind of like here, things you don't know why it happened, but it did. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was unreal to be a part of. So, what's the goal? What do you try and do going into camp this year? Uh, going to Seattle, try and do my best to stay there for as long as I can, and um, then head out to Coachella uh, after that and hopefully play the year there. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Former London Knight Ryan Winterton looking ready to try and crack the Seattle Kraken roster. And Kyle, there's always a little bit of a giveaway. Ryan Winterton had a Seattle Kraken helmet, and on the back of that helmet was his number 26. 
It wasn't 86. It wasn't 73. He had number 26. And sometimes that's a tip that, hey, this guy might get a long look in camp. It's still a hard jump to make. He's probably going to play in Coachella, as he hinted at this year. However, you never know. A guy like this is incredibly impressive. Such a great skater. So smart. Really crack the Seattle Kraken roster. We're going to find out very soon. Yeah, we really will. And uh, it also helps, Mike, that, you know, Seattle is such a newer organization. Of course, the latest expansion team in the NHL. There aren't that many numbers retired, if any, actually. So he probably has his pick of the litter at what numbers he would like to wear. And of course, he wore 26 throughout his uh, OHL career, specifically the last year with the London Knights. And and uh, really good for him. He really formed a bond with Easton Cowan and Denver Barkey. Not only did Ryan Winterton, Mike, show how good of a player he is offensively, but his defensive abilities as well were on full display play during their run in the OHL finals and he he was wonderful at both ends of the ice and I love that that's his type of game that he was able to grow into that because NHL teams look at that it's not just about putting the puck in the net anymore all the best forwards and players now have to have multiple aspects of their games you know Patrice Bergeron was the cream of the crop for offensive and defensive ability to both uh, defend and score Austin Matthews has really grown his game as a two-way player as well you look at the you know Jack Hughes is a guy who's really starting to form Nico Heischer on that same team so having that offensive and defensive ability to, to to fall back on is a big win for him and, and will give him a boost going into training camp for the Seattle Kraken. Maybe he plays a year in Coachella, but I think the future's bright for him. Absolutely it is, and you hit on it. You've got to play defense to play in the NHL, and he's so defensively responsible, but can add that explosiveness, and we'll see where his offense takes him at that next level. Let's get to our Midwest Division previews. We will leave the Knights out of this. So we'll preview the other teams in the Midwest Division, and we'll start with the Erie Otters. We hinted that they could be a much better team this year, and we talked with the voice of the Erie Otters, Sean Bednard, about just how much optimism there is in Erie in 2023-24. Mike, I, I think the word that's been thrown around a lot uh, going into this season has been depth. And it's been a nice word to be able to hear because that really hasn't been something we've been able to hear over the course of the last few years. You know, maybe a strong top line, but where's the rest of those goals coming from? Where's the defense coming from? So I think now this year, a lot of the optimism comes around a solid coaching staff of obviously at the top head coach Stan Butler and then assistant coaches Ken Paroff and Wes Wolf. But between veteran returning players, Kerry Terrance, Owen Johnston, players of that caliber, some new faces, Martin Mishiak, of course, one of the exciting ones, Andre Molnar getting a full season, and then some of the exciting new rookies, you know, obviously Matthew Schaefer heading the list, but being able to get a guy like Brett Hammond, Wesley Royston, a lot of these new guys. I mean, you can roll the names off the tongue of all the new talent that's coming to this organization. And I think it's not so much going to be about is the talent and is the depth there, but is the chemistry there to be able to allow for that success to be able to turn into wins. So there's a lot of optimism. I've really liked what I've seen in almost every game of the preseason so far. And I think, you know, a guy like Andre Molnar, who I mentioned, a guy that has come alive and looked like a completely different player in the North American game than where he started last season. So it's really exciting to see. And, uh, you know, I think the vibe around this organization and, and around the community is that this is going to be an Otters team that's going to compete. And I think we all know what compete in the standard of competition means here in Erie, and that's it's playoffs or bust. Matthew Schaefer, number one overall pick, still 16. You never really want to lump 
a whole lot on a 16-year-old, no matter where they're taken. But what are you seeing from him? The numbers in the preseason are, they're big. Yeah, Schaefer. And, you know, I think what's great about him is uh, he takes it all in stride. I almost think he feeds off the pressure that comes with being 1-1 and being compared to the Ryan O'Reilly's and the Connor McDavid's of the world. I think it's something he wants. Uh, And I think from orientation camp in May, fans got that first look in inter-squad scrimmages of, you know, what's this guy going to be like? And they're like, you know, this this looks pretty good. And then you get into training camp and you're like, okay, he's not playing like a then 15 year old, now 16 year old. And then you see him in preseason. And you're like, all right, this is a top lot. This is a top pair D guy. And you know, Schaefer is just, he's just one of those guys who you already see all the caliber and potential that is there at 16. And he's not even played a true game in major junior hockey yet. And that is what is so exciting. I know from our, uh, our coaching staff's perspective, they just see him and they're like, man, this kid is really like, you hear everything, you hear the advertisements, you, you know, you get to see the tape of, of what he did when he was in the GTHL, but when you actually get to see it on ice in your sweater, playing for your team, you know, I think there's, we're not trying to, of course, you know, put anything like you said too broadly on his shoulders, but you know, I think the anticipation of really what could be is something so exciting to see what this first season is going to be like for him. John, finally, let's look in goal. There are three goaltenders on the roster right now. How does that shape up? That'll be really interesting to see. I think uh, a big thing that's been worked on for uh, Nolan Lalonde, our, our Columbus Blue Jackets signee uh, and prospect, is is confidence. You know, I think he'd be the first to tell you there were bright spots during the course of last season, but he didn't have the season he wanted to. And you know, I think then it turned into kind of a jumble of sometimes Kyle Downey was out there. Downey did a serviceable job, but again, I think he's a goaltender that has a lot more expectation for himself and still continues to have that kind of chip on his shoulder. Uh, Jacob Gibbons, obviously a goaltender of the future, still a huge body guy, but very young. And all three have looked solid. I think goaltending has been maybe one of the strongest points alongside, you know, the offense for this preseason for the Erie Otters. And uh, I know uh, Downey has played very well. He's only allowed two goals in just over a full game's worth of, of minutes played. Gibbons and the lot have looked impressive. It's it's going to be interesting to see, unfortunately, who the odd man out is. But I don't view it at this staple or juncture of the season yet as it being a one and two situation. I think it's going to be a continued A and B situation of who's going to be the guy on a given night. And you know, Coach Butler has been open and honest with the goaltending room. You know, they're not looking for a lights-out performance every night. They're not looking for, you know, a, a 30 save, 31, 32 save every single night. They just want a goaltender and their goaltenders to put them in a winning position every single night. They're not going to expect the goaltender to steal the game for them. You know, goalies can only do so much on the back end. But if you put them in a position where they can help lead the team to a win – you know, who's in net is going to be the the question that'll be answered here in a, in a couple short weeks. But, you know, I think confidence has been a big thing coming into it. And I know Coach Shane Clifford, our goaltending coach, has been working with each guy individually and as a group. So it's going to be exciting to see how they bounce back after what I think they would all say was more of a disappointing season on the back end. Sean, appreciate the time. Looking forward to seeing what the Otters can do in 2023-24. Mike, always a pleasure and always a pleasure to be able to get this rivalry back going. Sean Bednard of the Erie Otters. They will be the next opponent for the London Knights in the preseason. Let's move to the Owen Sound Attack because the Owen Sound Attack, a couple of years ago, coming out of the pandemic, really had a core of young players that they started to grow around. 
at first, you know, Cedric Gandall. Uh, they still had Sam Sedley, who was young and now is an overage player, Denny Gore. Those players have now aged, and they've added a guy like Colby Barlow. And so mm -hmm. this core has grown up. This year, they add goaltender Carter George. Here is Fred Wallace, who has covered the Owen Sound attack for a very long time on the attack in 23-24. Yeah, and, and the hope is that there will be uh, an upgrade in performance and, and maybe a natural upgrade in performance, Mike, that, uh, you know, some success as 17-year-olds had a, maybe a backslide as 18-year-olds. And I guess the hope is that uh, as 19-year-old and senior players, we'll, we'll get uh, an upswing in our fortunes this year. If you look at the key guys, obviously Colby Barlow gets an awful lot of attention. He's 18 years old. What do you see as being the core of the team that really is leading this club right now? Well, I think uh, going into the season, Colby, obviously, and, and I saw only four of this. Uh, they had four uh, scrimmage games during the uh, training camp, Mike, and, and Colby, when the phase was right, uh, he stood out far and away, uh, just his, his reach and his speed and his ability to handle the puck and shoot the puck. So that stood out. Uh, Servak Petrovsky didn't get to training camp this year. Uh, he had uh, things going on in his native land. So he apparently, as the story is, will go to Minnesota Wild training camp and then come back for the start of the season. And then the third member is uh, Cedric Gaindon, who's going off to the Montreal Canadiens uh, uh, training camp. Uh, Cedric also showed very well during uh, the attack training camp. <laughs> we are talking right now with Fred Wallace from Owen Sound, has been covering the Owen Sound attack for a long time and has a very famous call on their OHL championship in 2011 that a lot of people like to listen to. Fred, let's talk about newcomers. Does it start with Carter George? Yeah, that's almost a bonus. And, and Mike, uh, I don't know if you caught it during the playoff series with the London Knights, but Owen Sound, even at, at the brass level, believed their best chance to win a game was with Carter George and Nett. So that, that would be a significant newcomer. Really, he played 10 games last year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he won seven of his 10 outings. And one of his defeats, he lost to Guelph 2 uh, to nothing. And one of the, the goals was an empty net goal. So you couldn't ask much more than that from an underage. And, and ironically, our best chance at winning in, in terms of goaltending was with the St. Mary's Lincolns last year. So Carter uh, definitely will have one of the spots. Corbin Votary, who's, who's a veteran with the team, he too will be in, in the goaltending mix. But in, in terms of a newcomer or a long-term or regular face in Owen Sound, certainly in goal, you're right, Carter George would be the call. Expectations, Fred. Do you set expectations if you're Owen Sound? I mean, where do you see those? <laughs> Owen Sound's mantra is make the playoffs, win 30 games. Uh, we uh, historically end up picking somewhere in between 9th and 12th every year in the OHL priority selection. So that that's the bar, I guess. And and my from a personal standpoint, Mike, I really will be impressed if they get there this year. And, and I say that because it was a 7th place team last year and I think had the Kitchener Rangers not rolled over on the last day of the regular season, Owen Sound would have been an eighth-place team, and they were quickly disposed of by London. And we've got a lot of the same guys coming back, and a lot of those same guys did not have good seasons or back halves of the seasons. This was a team that was in first place in the Western Conference on December 1st, and by April 1st, they were a non-factor. So in, in terms of setting a position within the Western Conference, I'll say uh, let's shoot for 30 wins in a playoff berth. Fred, thanks so much for this. We'll see you in Owen Sound. Can't wait. I look forward to it, Mike. Thanks for this. Fred Wallace in Owen Sound, an absolute legend in that community. Let's move to the Guelph Storm. 
Larry Malott is their radio voice on Chorus Radio. And the Guelph Storm last year, after the first month of the season, had two wins. Two. That's it. Not the start they were expecting. By the end of the year, though, the Guelph Storm were ninth overall in the OHL. So that was quite a climb. It's tough to fall that far behind and make it all the way up to ninth, top half of the league. Can they continue that into this year? They might have a Red Tilson Trophy candidate out of the gate as most outstanding player in Matthew Poitra. And they're going to have to play without Cam Allen for a little while. He had shoulder surgery. He's now a prospect of the Washington Capitals. Here is Larry on the Guelph Storm. So last year, it was just a rough start, and it had to do, I think, with the coaching situation. Scott Walker wasn't able to continue coaching, and he was taking over from George Burnett. And by about November, they sorted things out, and they, I think even last year, thought that this would be more apt to be the season where maybe they would be in the mix. And from the looks of what I'm seeing, it's a team that should at least challenge for a top-four spot in the conference. They've got a returning goaltender five returning defensemen, nine returning forwards, and the two European uh, import players that they picked up are both 18-year-olds. The forward drafted by the Vancouver Canucks, the goaltender, reminds me a little bit of Nico Dawes, and overall things looking pretty good, as they have a tendency to do with every team at this stage before we drop the puck and get the season going. Well, Nico Dawes is a nice compliment for a new goaltender for sure. There's a lot of guys now that have been on the Guelph Storm roster for a couple of years how much has the core come together that maybe has to start to replace some of the players that have moved on well, when you take a look at the core, you've got to begin with a number one line that has Matthew Poitra, who had an outstanding season and, and signed with the Bruins last year. Uh, Braden Bowman back as an overager, a guy who should be capable of 35 goals, maybe 40. And then Max Nemesnikov on the line with him. They were really counting, obviously, at the outset, Campbell and, and Michael Bushinger as the number one defense pairing. But as it's uh, turned out, Cam Allen had shoulder surgery on August 30th and isn't expected back until early in the new year. And that's one of the reasons they went out and got uh, Braden Hislop, overage defenseman from North Bay. And now he comes in with a whole wealth of experience having gone to the OHL Championship Series. Allen is expected back this year, correct? Uh, no, not until early 2024, possibly January, February. It'll take that much time for that uh, shoulder to recover and for him to be ready to go. Well, when he is ready to go, he adds a big boost to the Guelph Storm. Larry, what do you think the expectations are for the Storm this year? What would make people happy? Well, just like I was saying at the outset, I, I think that it's a team that uh, people think around these parts could be at least a top-four team in the West Conference. You take a look at the Saginaw Spirit, who have a really strong returning roster and the Memorial Cup hosts uh, coming up next May. Uh, the Owen Sound Attack are going to be a very good team. The London Knights, as always, are going to be very good. So it won't be easy, but I, I think the sense is that a top-four spot is in the realm of a possibility. We'll see what happens. Always love the London-Guelph rivalry. Can't wait to get it going again. Larry, thanks for this. Thank you, Mike. The voice of the Guelph Storm, Larry Malott. And that leaves us with last year's best eighth-place team ever, the Kitchener (laughs) Rangers, and their radio voice, Mike Farwell. 
Thank you for starting with that and reminding Rangers fans what they can probably, in fact, know what they will have to be dining on through a season of some growing pains on East Avenue at Kitchener. But you're right. What what a memorable first round of the playoffs a year ago for I think what was most special about that, Mike, was it gave everybody the glimpse of what they all believed that team from last year could be or should be because as you'll remember there was a great deal of frustration at underperformance not meeting expectations granted those expectations were lofty but when you have a veteran team it comes with lofty expectations and the rangers were just inconsistent through the season and then all of a sudden through a magical nine or ten days in early april it all came together in beautiful fashion so i don't want to remind ranger fans of this but the francesco's pinelli and our curry have moved on. Danny Jilkin has moved on. Leighton Moore has moved on. Marco Costantini has moved on. I'll stop my list right now. <laughs> Mike, who inherits this team? Uh, I will say Matt Sopp inherits this team. Uh, Mitch Martin inherits this team. Simon Motu. And of course, by listing those three, I, lift, I list the three overagers. Maybe Mitch Martin more than any of the others because Mitch is a kid that kind of burst on the scene here in Kitchener, earned himself a free agent invite to uh, an NHL camp last year. And in fact, did again uh, this year as well. But importantly for, for Mitch, he, he was injured in what everybody expected to be a building upon of that breakout year a season before. So he wasn't really a factor last year, like many expected this year, final year in the league, probably the most to be the, the heir apparent, if you will. And I'm, I'll add Carson Rakoff to the mix as well, because here's a former first rounder into the Ontario hockey league, got himself drafted into the national hockey league this past summer in the second round, a guy that everybody has said always has all the tools you want to see in a hockey player, but it hasn't always come together for him. Preseason being what it is, but the early returns are very good for Carson Rakoff, and maybe, just maybe, he's ready to take that next step forward as well. Radio voice of the Kitchener Rangers, Mike Farwell, joining us. Mike, to close out, new faces. Who do Knights fans get ready for who they won't recognize from last year? Yeah, a couple of guys jump right off the page to you in Cameron Reed and Tanner Lamb. The Kitchener Rangers had four picks, as you'll remember, in the first three rounds of this past draft. So youth is served here in Kitchener this season. But the excitement that's starting to build is around the idea that this is the team that will hopefully be together and lead this city and the franchise to its next championship. And Reed and Lamb are a couple of the offensive sparks. They're not the only ones. There's some High offensive upside, but those two really stand out to me as we begin another season and lots of expectations on these 16-year-olds' shoulders. But I would think those are a couple of guys that uh, Knights fans will enjoy watching when London and Kitchener meet and fans in Kitchener will get used to for the next many years. Cameron Reed will have a lot of family members close by as he comes into Budweiser Gardens. Good to see Jackson Parsons back in goal. Mike, will look forward to a whole lot of London Knights Kitchener Rangers this year. Can't get enough of it, Mike. Thanks, as always. Mike Farwell on the Kitchener Rangers. Could there be another London Kitchener series this year? Well, we've got 68 games for everybody to figure that one out. 
Kyle, we will have more previews next week. We're going to preview the East Division. Certainly, we'll have a look at a few other things going on around the OHL when the week begins. But we are getting awfully close to the start of the regular season and some pretty exciting times in the Ontario Hockey League. Really is looking forward to those matchup breakdowns as well and and seeing which teams are going to make a jump in the East, seeing which teams maybe come back down a little bit. Again, the turnover in the OHL is is what makes it as fun as it is. There's so much teams go from one year being in, you know, near the bottom of the rankings to all of a sudden being in contention. And, you know, every single year we find a way to uh, to try and pinpoint those teams and get excited about this time of year, like you said. Absolutely. Well, you can find us on socials at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980, and certainly you can find the podcast. Let other people know that it is here, and we will be back with another episode in just a few days. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the rookie camps. See ya. See ya.